It's time for another edition of Make Us a Mixtape. My name is Paul Farvar. I'm Marty DeRosa, and a relationship breakup, or simply just a breakup, is the termination of an intimate relationship uh, by any means other than death. <laughs> the act is commonly termed, quote-unquote, dumping someone in slang when it is initiated by one partner. That is a Wikipedia definition of a breakup, and we have a very special episode. But before we get into that, Paul, how can all the tape heads out there get a hold of us? PaulMartyMix at gmail.com. It is uh, finally here. And I, and I feel like, just to, so everyone understands that doesn't know Marty already, yeah. you're a very big therapy guy. Uh, sure. Yeah. And uh, you recently... Uh, did a cameo on, uh, on a podcast I have singles only where you provided therapeutic advice that people have already commented on and said it's on top. They top said I notch. Good, night, a good advice, good advice. Oh, they good. said we both did and oh, they good. liked your therapeutic advice. Ooh, cool. Um, that means a lot. And so you starting this podcast yeah. the way you just did. Yeah. Also makes us feel like I'm in therapy. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. Uh, if uh, if you haven't been listening or you've been living <laughs> under a rock in the uh, Make Us a Mixtape universe, Tape heads. Paul has always referenced this breakup mix. And when you hear that, you probably think, oh, yeah, you know, he was having a tough time. Someone broke up with him. So he sat behind his computer, got out some <laughs> tapes or CDs, and he, he made a mix for himself to listen to to get him through it. Oh, you would be so wrong. What Paul did was he made a mix for a woman that he was dating. Women, uh, plural. Men, men, plural. And uh, and he had broken up with them, or they had broken up with him. We're not. We're not. Uh, there's more no, the latter. More okay. And uh, and what Paul did was he presented them with this one last gift, uh, a mixtape, and the hopes in Paul's mind, much like <laughs> a, uh, a a Judd Apatow movie <laughs> character, or uh, or you know somebody like that, that this woman <laughs> would have this album and in her car tape and, and listen to it from time bedroom. to time. Yeah. And maybe she'd be in, in traffic and maybe her husband's asleep cause he's a <laughs> fucking piece of shit and the kids are in the back and she says, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to pop this mix that Paul made me back in the day. And the songs <laughs> would be so beautiful. Uh, so thought provoking, so heartbreaking that she would go, God damn, I blew it. I should have been with Paul. And, and then the husband would wake up and, and like, go, this is a really oh, good song. What, what is the, this? Well, this is this the best is song I've ever heard, honey. Who, who did you hear this song from? And she goes, just a friend. <laughs> Some guy I knew. Drives I used down to know. 94 headed to Wisconsin for a vacation <laughs> to the Dells <laughs> with, with her kids. boring family. <laughs> and the whole time she's humming a tune. <laughs> Mr. Jones and me. God damn, I miss Paul. Listen, 100% accurate. This mix, though, however, I, I went a little off kilter because this is the first time I did it. This, These are the songs that would appear. Um, this do, is when do. I was dumped. Or um, I, what happened in, in high school more often than not and college was I had a crush on somebody else. Okay. And I thought we were dating or whatever was happening, but it wasn't. It and was just like friendship with, the, with like the a football kiss. captain, and you'd yeah. be like, "Oh, I got to go and make a mixtape." Or a guy who's like five years older than what? us. What? Uh, so each of these songs have specific. These women are from all your past? songs that always made any mix. Now, okay. the some of them we'll so get you're into. Reusing. I would use a lot of these uh, often, but the ones that that are on here are all. Um, Three of them have are always bangers that I use in every mix that I give to somebody. Okay. Um, one of three of them, if not all of them. Um, two of them are personal to just my first, like, just having my heart broken. 
um, and I made, I put it on their mix, and then I made one for myself on yeah. a cassette. This is we're talking 1990s, like early 90s. So yeah, there you go. But um, yeah, I know that uh, that's sounds bizarre to a lot of people, but uh, I'm fascinated and I'm ready to go on the journey. Yeah. Um, before we get into that, I had a couple things that uh, that I want to talk about. <laughs> sure, uh, being a music insider that I am, you know, I love yes. some music documentaries, and I love that we have these conversations when we're on the road or yes, on the weekends. I text you photos. I send you music that I'm listening watching, to. Watching uh, documentaries, uh, I'd recently watched uh, "Pick It Up," a Sky documentary on Amazon. And to keep the uh, Amazon documentaries going, one is free when you got to pay four bucks, but it's still worth it. Different uh, than the one you watched last time we talked about. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I didn't know there was more than one I watched, Scott documentary. Well, no, that was the Scott documentary. The The next one I watched was called Hired Gun. And this was uh, touring musicians who would, who would, you know, play in these bands. And you always see like, you know, the big stars and then their backup bands or whatever. And a lot of times it's like rotating. Jobbers is what we call them in the biz. You call them jobbers? Jobbers. That's what we call the guys who get beat every week, like back in the day on wrestling. That's oh, okay. wild. They're, um, they're not They're not exactly session music- musicians because they're not always on the albums. These are just people, uh, if you watch it, um, and a lot of these guys have played with like from Ozzy to like Miley Cyrus. Oh, right. Like they played, I mean, like one guy was like, I have no idea why, um, uh, Alice Cooper was at a uh, uh, Lizzie McGuire. What's the actress who played Lizzie McGuire? Um, shit. Anyway, she was like a Disney, oh, one of the Disney. Hey, Miley Hillary Cyrus? Duff. Hillary. Duff. Oh, Hillary Duff. So yeah. they were like, we're gonna make Hillary Duff a musician. And this guy was finally like, you know, the music was so good. I was like, fuck it, I'm on board. I'll help whatever I can. I'll help write songs. I'll help get her listening to good music to like, you know, get her ready for this and stuff. And he was like, you know, I bought a house and everything. And then he's like, one morning there's an email. And they're like, Hillary's decided to go a different route with her career. But thanks, everybody. <laughs> and he's like, I'm out of work. But uh, Alice Cooper was in the crowd. And he's like, I don't know what, where this Wait, was Wait, why was whatever. Alice Cooper in the I crowd? I don't know. I don't know why. That's kind of crazy. It might have been like a thing with a bunch of different groups playing or Maybe something. Or like an opening there. of sure, something or sure. whatever. But anyway, he told his assistant, he goes, find out who that guitarist is. Like, I'll one day I'll have him in I'll my take band. Him. And he just called him. And the guy's like, do I need to audition? He's like, nope, I saw you play. You're good. You're in. And there was like, wow. for, for years, Alice Cooper was sharing a drummer with Kiss. And the guy would play, Kiss would only tour in like the first six months of the year. Alice would do the back six they'd, and they'd they would share, share sure. them. And then finally it got going where they were like, we're going to tour all year round. And he was like, oh, I'll be their drummer. It's fine. I'll find somebody else. But it's like very interesting. And they got a bunch of guys that played with Billy Joel. And he kind of like kicked them all out once he got real famous and stuff. Oh, early on. Yeah. yeah. And um, well, those... But, it job. is just like, this is a job. And the guys are like, you have to be the best. There's no room. And one guy was like, if you can sing and play, double bonus. Well, sometimes those people are subbing for people that, uh, I don't know if they cover this in your doc, but they, they end up covering for somebody else. But then when that guy leaves the band or dies or mm-hmm. whatever, they're like, let's just bring this guy in. Sure. And uh, Chuck Klosterman talked about it too with Kiss, especially because they had so much yeah. rotating uh, members. Um, and then they would just be like, well... You kind of sound like Ace Frehley. And then like the people who are super Kiss mm-hmm. fans, which I'm not. No. Um, not a, n- but they like, I. you know, Chuck Klosterman's book, he does a whole, he does a catalog of the 40 plus albums that he had. And they talk about the ones that were jobbers. Sure. That end up getting the job. Some do. Yeah. yeah. And, and and a lot of the time too, it's very interesting because um, they were they were talking about like um, uh, the guy from Filter. He was in, he was in, uh, 
Nine Inch Nails for a little while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the guy who started Filter, but he was like, I need more money. And they're like... He's a Chicago guy. The, uh, oh, is he? The so. um, the uh, Is it Richard Chamberlain? I don't want to say that. But I don't know. But anyway, he was like, yeah, I'm broke. I need money. Because these guys are not making great money. And uh, one of the funny stories was that Trent Reznor's manager called him and he's like, hey, remember how you were asking that you needed money earlier? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, the pizza place that we always go to is looking for a delivery guy. So oh I gave God. him your name. Richard or they, Patrick. Richard Patrick, that's it. Yeah. Or they had um they had a guy who Ohio was guy, a yeah. drummer for um man, I can't remember what band he was drumming for. It might have been he might have been one of Guns N' Roses like drummers at the end. And uh oh no no no, he was in another band and saw um I think it was Duff from Guns N' Roses and he's like, "I know you." And he's like, "Yeah, I played <laughs> on tour with you in Germany, we played a couple shows. Duff has been all over, and man. Duff's like, "Ah, oh, what are you doing now?" And he's like, "I'm painting your house." <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, cool. Well, good to see you." So it's like a lot of these guys, and they're just like, "If you want to, if you want money, like you start your yeah. own band." I don't know what to tell you because like this is just a gig, and you don't expect to get rich off of this. You're gonna, and it was one guy said such an interesting thing too. He's like, "You're staying in the nicest hotels." You're on the nicest tour buses. You know, you're flying first class. You see these fans and they're screaming. He goes, and you have nothing to do with any of it. You're, well, you're just a, 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 you know, part of the machine. One of the, one of the bands, I, one of the artists I talk about a lot on the show and, and I actually have on this mix, uh, Jeff Buckley, he had, he had jobbers with him for mm-hmm. the grace. And then he had, a, he hired a whole, almost a, a, a new group for the follow-up album that was released posthumous, but then he also had people who went on the road with him, and they were all yeah. different. Chris Wallace, great bassist that Rachel Yamagata uses. All these people, they they see the styles that they like, or if like someone likes the album Grace or by Jeff Buckley, they're like, all right, who played on that? I want to bring that feel to this project. And you know, look at Tom Petty, who we talked about recently. He had artists that are in his band they're the heartbreakers but they play along they play with other people too oh yeah and i mean uh just a really interesting documentary where it kind of just shows what's, like the, what's it called hired gun yeah and that's what you are you're a hired gun the second one i watched was uh bluebird and it was about the history of the bluebird cafe in nashville uh really great just a very cool about singer songwriters and the process and everything. It reminded me a little bit about comedy too because they were going over there like open mic night and then you get pat it was it was very interesting um and uh, we talked a little bit last week about uh, bands playing at Sturgis. Uh, Sturgis is the, the world's Dakota largest in the Black biker. Hills of South Dakota, world's largest biker rally. Um, Your nobody, favorite band? Well, so Smash Mouth, Smash Mouth played, played live. Everyone else called it in and did Lit, it. I heard Lit was there too. That not everyone else because uh, there was a, a band that has a wrestling oh, tie-in. Right. I mean, every, all the bigger names like uh, yes. Um, the band Night Ranger, Sister Christian. Oh, really? They did it. They did it remotely, and there was a couple other bands. What do you mean they, remotely? They did it like they were far away from everybody. No, they did it. Uh, the way I understood it is, they were somewhere else, and then they projected the wow. thing for the crowd, so, so they weren't there. If I told you there was a band called Fozzy, <laughs> uh, there used to be a there used to be a Ozzy Osbourne cover band called Fozzy Osbourne. I was in a band briefly called Fozzy. Well, you might have a lawsuit on your hands mm. because uh, this is Chris Jericho. Are you familiar with Chris Jericho? Oh, I am very familiar with. So him. this is through uh, you. This course. is his big, uh, his biggest song and his theme song. This is uh, Judas by Fozzy. Let me get your opinion. Oh shit! Oh, this isn't going to sound great. First of all, pretty cool for a theme song, but so cheesy to just 
I guess we'd call this butt rock. Oh, this is horrible. And then everyone is he singing? This. Yeah, everyone sings this when he comes out. Does he play this for his theme song? Music yes. too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's in it. Yeah. Oh, that's so crazy. I knew somebody hooked up with him, and he plays his own music while he uh, gets down. Oh God. <laughs> I bet, and this guy was playing for a bunch of fucking massless bikers. I just thought I would uh, share so that. So I don't with understand. You. Yeah, like I, there's um, there was a time where my song came on while I was hooking up with someone, and I was like, "Can we? I have to change it." Like, how do you even do that? Do you like watch your? I mean, do you watch your clips with women? The, so, uh, do you and Sarah the, watch the, your stand-up? No, the President Show was on HBO uh, Comedy Central. It was a great show where they'd make fun of Trump. And uh, the the dude, uh, Anthony, I can't think of his last name, but he would say, like, once he really got cooking with his Trump impression, he would get people who'd be like, I got to put you in touch with this person. They have so many Trump stories, and there's people who knew him and stuff, and they're like, here's what he does. So he had all this, like, background info, and he knew that Trump was watching the show. And he talked about, he's like, you know, we're like in the 80s when I bring women home and show them me, my episode of like Larry King Live and we'd make love to that. And he looked in the camera and he goes, and you know you did that. It was like the funniest <laughs> thing ever. So I'm sure some people it's enjoy so that. It's so bizarre. Like that's just such an awkward, how do you like have that type of focus? Um, you're a maniac. Yeah. And that's, and that's how you do it. I'm sure there's so many rock stars who play their music when they fuck around <laughs> and stuff. It's got to be like, well, it's like such are, a cliche That's why thing. they're there. They were sure. there. They're like. Poison sure. and, and, and Motley Crue, they probably are like, let's play some talk to him. Hey, although, I mean, it is much cooler to just play cool music. Yeah. Like, I remember when I told you we went backstage with Guns N' Roses and the Axel was playing a bunch of oldies, which I thought was a, was a good move. Yeah. It was a good move. It's a, it's a nod to the, to the, the legends. What do you think, like, uh, a John Popper's playing uh, backstage? <laughs> When he's got some uh, gals back there. So I got to see John Popper backstage uh, last year, not this year, but the year before. He kept the, he's kept the weight he's off, right? Weight's off. I saw uh, there's a, a YouTube show like in the van. I think I sent you like a clip where they're in a in a van. I think it's sponsored by like, I don't know, vans or something. They're in a van. Oh, that would make sense. That might be too on the nose. It might not be the vans. But anyway, and it's just like clearly they were at like a summer festival and they were like, hey, you want to play a, a song in this little van? We have it all kicked out for music. And they did run around. But I mean, you would never even recognize this yeah. run around from the first. It, but it's like, yeah, you play the song eight million times and you're a great musician. You're going to take some liberties with it. And you're going to change it up. So I'm not a huge uh, blues trailer fan, although I see what you're doing because uh, it's the first song on the mix. But. We got to see him at Innings Fest last year, and my t- my 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 best friend Colby Payne. That's his favorite band, and and we got to be right on the side stage because I had I had VIP because I was performing, and uh, it was like seeing his smile. Like my oh, friend had the it was them. Beta, yeah, it's the best. And then we got to hang like he was in his golf cart, and and Popper has some health issues too, like walking and stuff. He yeah. couldn't really stand. Uh, he sits down. No, he stood for the show, but like Does when he? he gets off stage, he he stayed off. And, he used to just uh, be on a stool the whole time. Yeah, no, I think he's okay now, but he's he's lost most of the weight still. Um, but I mean, the the crowd went ape shit. I mean, it was yeah. like four or five o'clock. They weren't the headliner at that fest, and uh, people and they went overtime, of course. And it was Ooh. funny because I had to perform, and the way that those fests work, there's different stages like yeah. Lala. So I had to, I had my time because I was the opener for the, I was the warm up act, and uh, which you know what that's like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got me a warm up gig once, but um. 
they're playing fucking run around while I'm trying uh, to tell jokes. And you're like, the that's last a different. Song. Oh, that's cool. I like what they're they like, did there. I'm like, should we wait? And they're like, no, just go through. We're we're on a everything's yeah. on a schedule. Yeah. So I'm like, all right. And then I just kind of incorporate to what I was saying. Every once in a while, it, you'll see from those festivals of bands talking shit to each other for like playing too oh, loud. Right. There was one I forgot who it was, and they're like, it was some shitty band, and they're like, the other band was like. They can't turn their fucking shitty music down. Everyone's like, yeah. They do it at Lollapalooza all the time. Yeah. They kind of were. It might have been at Lollapalooza. Somebody was Vampire playing. Weekend was headlining on yeah. one side, and then I forgot who was on the other side. But I think Metallica one year, oh. or Austin City Limits, Metallica was playing on one side, and Skrillex was on the other side. I believe I, uh, a uh, Limp Biscuit Creed feud started from those uh, same issues. They just have to have their <laughs> demons, these bands. They have so much pain. I love it. Speaking of pain. Yeah, this is all about your pain. The first song on the first volume of the Breakup Mix, which I'll call this the 90s version because all these are 90s artists because this is where this all started, uh, is Sweet Pain by our friend John Popper and Blues Traveler. Let's see if we can get it to go. Paul's running sound. It might be a little rusty here. She's driving down 22nd Street in Oakbrook. I'll tell you that. Wondering where it all went wrong. So I would play this song. It's like an eight-minute song. Yes, it is. Have you heard this before this, by the way? Honestly, this was one of those where I would have just skipped on the CD. <laughs> and I feel bad, but if I... Because I had that Blues Traveler CD with... Travelers and Thieves. Uh, it's from like 1990. I had the one, one? that like run around and all those were on that was after this this yeah. just sounded like one of those songs i didn't really listen to like the mountain winds again or something oh yeah i like that song too this song i would uh i would i would light a cigarette and Aww. play in my 1990 toyota celica Hell all white yeah. whited out just I, feeling it i got the the lights whited out i got uh hubcaps white hubcaps and just Think about the girl who broke my heart at the time. Her name was Jessica. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know. But this was a situation where I was, um, we weren't even dating. I just I just had a crush on her. I told her I liked her. And then she had a boyfriend who was like seven years older than us. So. Yeah. I mean, so you do you have specific but I gave her people the, attract, uh, the attached to each of these songs? Kind this, of? Song, this song was one that didn't survive. Okay. Uh, just because it's so long, it's hard to put on a mix CD because yeah. it takes up so much Valuable time. Valuable real estate. Yeah, but it's a, it's a song. And starting off with a big, long song. Bold, bold move. Yeah. I would... Uh, I would put it in some. I wouldn't always start with it, but for this podcast, I felt like it was good to set the tone for when the breakup mix was developed. Mm-hmm. And that was when it was. Probably like 1992. Okay. And... Uh, just in my sorrows maybe i started chewing tobacco i think oh, it was a cigarette man. though but uh self-destructive this song would never it's a it's a b song it yeah. doesn't show up anywhere just something it. about it you dig yeah i think it's a great song and the lyrics are just like sad yeah but one of the things we talked about too uh on a previous episode was you know like how who's playing what songs in the car and that's one thing that, like, so it used to be you're in the front. You're either driving or you're shotgun. you got control of the radio. Uh, but now with the auxiliary cord, that's, like, there's a whole new thing with younger people. Game changer. Of, like, whoever has that cord has a lot of responsibility. And power. And power. So it's like, you know, you play a song like this with your with your boys, they might be like, yo, what the fuck is this 10-minute <laughs> fucking whiny song? So you got you to gotta think about you it. You think it's whiny? I don't think it's whiny. I just, I just, like, for whatever reason, this I just tune out with, Blues Traveler songs that aren't I do too. like the ones I like. 
Well, I see. I don't like run around. What what blues? Tra- like I don't like blues. Run around. Blues Travers and hook. are the only ones I really like. But those songs are garbage. Like Hook's they were not really garbage. good. They Don't were, throw, but neither of them are garbage. No, they, at that point they had all they, they already run sold so their soul. Catchy. They already. That's their first big album. They sold their sold, soul. Sold the album wow. was called Sell and Your hook, Soul. Hook is just like fun. It's this, a fun song about this was, not having a song to write about. This is pre all that. This hey is man, this, this is was album all, was when we discovered the them in Hinsdale. We were jamming to this shit. It right. was like a jam band before jam bands oh, were a thing. Okay. They fucking you can get high and get drunk at a party and put in this CD. You could play all the way through. You put everyone to sleep on this. Nah, it was a good like warm up. Yeah, the night stuff. But all right, this song fucking listen to that. I mean the fucking it, they do a so guitar when like run around the video for run around came on MTV. You were like, ugh, these guys sold. I already out. was out. Really? Already out. That's shocking. And and there and Blue Stripe was one of those bands that are also on the um on the cusp of like U two where I'm like I've had enough. But this album for some reason like it still holds up. Okay. And uh, and it's funny because my friend Colby. He still goes and sees them in concert. Colby, I mean, no disrespect. I'm so sorry. <laughs> and and we made so much fun of him at the show, like because he was like a kid in a candy store. Yeah. And they came to the show to see me because I was. Is there performing. any band that you would get like that? I'm trying to think. Like for me, like there's a couple bands I would get like that. I got for. like that for uh, a bunch of bands. I, I, yeah. I, 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 I fuck now. I can't remember the name, but it's a band we talked Just about. Just out real hard. Um, fuck. Who was the band from Indiana that we both liked and. Uh, Oh my God! It just—it happened to me in Lollapalooza. The band from Indiana that we both like. Yeah. What kind of songs do they sing? Just our stuff. They were. Uh, he was a big fan of. Uh, he knew. He was mentioning that book. No. Shannon Hoon's Blind Melon. No. Of Lafayette, Indiana fame. No re- recent band. I can't believe I can't think of the name. Holy I don't know. shit! They got three words in it. Something of the Alkaline Trio. Of, oh my God! This is gonna fucking drive me bonkers. I don't know. I'm like, my brain's just like, I don't got it. I don't know what you're talking we about. We both talked about it. And they're mentioned in the book that we often talk about, too, where he's like, he called his friend. He's like, I know a lot about that, too. What book? Oh, my God. <laughs> this is like, we have to stop the podcast because people are like, fuck, man, you can't throw out this many. I'll, I'll think of it. But I geeked out with them. I got to see him at Lollapalooza. I was okay. on the side stage. I, I geeked out with them. Okay. Um, and I got to perform well, Lollapalooza, they're probably like a hip, cool band. They were like four o'clock slot. Okay. Well, I but, don't know what um, that means. That's like early. They're not oh, okay. Um Oh, of a revolution. OAR. <laughs> I, I figured it out. <laughs> um, Jesus Christ. Um, but anyway. Um, do you want to pause? Hit pause and you figure this out? No, I'll figure it out. Okay. But anyway, th- I do geek out about. Who would you, uh, who would you geek out about? I'm trying to think music-wise. Wrestling-wise, I had one that was like all my friends made fun of me so much. I was going to get my uh, photo taken with this uh, Japanese wrestler named Kazuchika Okada, the Rainmaker. <laughs> and I fucking just punked out. And I'm like, I'm, I, I'm, I don't know. I don't want to bother him. He seems busy. And then I didn't. And then a couple years later, I saw him walking down the street uh, at a WrestleMania weekend. And we high-fived each other. So I was very, uh, I was very excited about that. Band-wise... Um, I don't know, man. I think there's just so many I, I think about. Like, it would be one thing to see like an older performer that you kind of grew up with. Yeah. Um, you know, but then there's others where it's just like as far as like the songs. And I mean, like, I don't know, man. There's a couple of bands I've seen where it just felt like they were playing for me, which was like yeah. so fun. So the band was Strand of Oaks. Oh, Strand of Oaks, Goshen yeah. 97. Yes. Yeah. I geeked out about them. I geeked out when I saw Wilco like sure, that. Sure. Um, so yeah, but it, it's funny that for my friend Colby, like Blue Travel, he st- 
still like is and he's a bassist too and shout out to colby that you'll love this episode because we're making fun of how and i have a video of him and it, it literally is he's so happy to be I love literally it. 10 feet away from john popper i love and it. i was like cool my my doing comedy half-assed hey, all these years got him somehow to some pursue. way i get to make up for the fact that uh would you be you like know, that? He dealt with yeah. all my shit for all those years. Like, well, I gave go. back to the community. I love it. Can't be but, that. Yeah. This song is still playing. <laughs> Holy shit. That's been the show, guys. It's one song. It's eight minutes. Good Lord. But this anyway. is like a great, like if this was like, a, you ever hear like stand-ups do a joke and they're like, if I'm getting a lap dance, it better be a 10-minute fish song. No. Oh, that's like an oldie, but a goodie that's back a in jam. the day. So the next song brings us to probably one of the, my favorite songs of Dude, all time. I made out so hard to a girl to this song in really? high school. I remember it just was on repeat. It's so, such a like rem- I rem- this specifically remembers. Let's play the beginning because this is the original version on Midnight Radio. Bittersweet, Big Ed Todd. Unbelievable! And I told intro. you I just saw a video of them playing this at Red Rocks, uh, and they just start that that strumming, and everybody knows, and everybody just goes crazy. This song. I've introduced so many people to this band and this album, Midnight Radio, is still one of my top five albums of all time. It's so bizarre that they got like lumped in with alternative radio. Yeah. It's really weird. Do you have have you heard of this album? Because I, I I really want you to and I everyone mean, listening. I just know like this and that please don't shut That's the bullshit. That's Sister Sweetly that came out later. Okay. This is a hard to find. So this one okay. you can't get on iTunes. I was able to or I downloaded it onto iTunes and because I have the albums, but Every song on this album from beginning to end is like a, it's amazing. I got so many people into it in college, but this version of this song is is so amazing. And it's like so raw. They did it on a four track and, uh, and a live show. And, and it's just, Oh yeah. I was wondering why this was on like a soundtrack or whatever on iTunes. Yeah. It's a different, it's a different version. You can't, the one that's on the sister sweetly album is a little different. How did they, is it just cause they were on those radio stations? How did they get like lumped in with all those? Like they got a record deal with Cap- the record company didn't know where to put them on. And they're they, such a, yeah, I thought about that. I'm just like, they're a weird band to market. Cause it's like, he's a guitar guy. He's a lead guitar. Uh, yeah. And then, uh, but he has this following. They have this cult following. Cool. Um, from Denver and then he lives out here too now but it was funny I met a girl that dated him and I was just like tell me everything oh wow like a weirdo uh, Todd Parkmore amazing guitarist amazing guy um, and my friend for his 40th birthday got them to play at Shuba as a private party oh cool. and it was like one of the greatest things because he surprises every year with one of the bands that we liked uh, wealthy gentlemen that's what Taylor Swift does yeah, yeah. but this this song this who, version. Who'd you get? Who'd you get? Or who, who have some of the bands been? He had the Connells one year, Freddie Jones band. Nice. These are all like, yeah. you know, Hinsdale bands, bands that were big in okay. the Hinsdale community. You probably didn't hear of them in Indiana on the country <laughs> channels. Okay. <laughs> okay, rude. Um, but yeah. So you, how did you know this song? Dude, I told you, you I made out real I, hard to it. No, know, XRTs play this. Yeah, they played the all different all version. The time. Right. And uh, I remember that. And I remember um, when when Napster came out, this was one of those songs I grabbed of like, you know what song I want at my fingertips? And this was like, yeah. this was one of them. The version on Sister Sweetly, which is the studio produced, is, is good. But this one is the one that like just bangs. It's so raw. And I don't like live versions of stuff, as you know. Yeah. But this is just a different thing. You only hear the claps at the very end, but you don't even know it's a live version because it's so well done. I wonder. And the solos. I mean, we learned 
as a guitarist, you learn the solo exactly like him because it's so cool. Yeah. But uh, this song was on every single mix, breakup yeah. mix that I ever made. I get it. I get it. It's a solid one. It's a real solid one. And this you like stories. I would have. I would have opened with this if if I'm yeah, being I thought about critical. It. I would have opened with this one here. I thought about it. And yes, I love story songs. This song, you listen to yeah. the lyrics. Next time you're shrooming on a weekend, <laughs> listen to those lyrics. And uh, and the solo is a verse in and of itself. It's hard to explain, but like Impossible Journey by Wilco, they do the same thing. The solo is verse to me. Love it. If that makes sense. But it's talking about a relationship that's not working. Yeah. Are we everything we wanted? There's shit there that's like poignant for someone that was... 16 years old as much as someone I get that's it, man. 40 when you're, when you're 16 these songs are just like <laughs> I and like there's certain lyrics I mean I'm still to this day I hear lyrics where I'm like fuck you fucking yeah. you hear that shit man I just like a great lyric will just get you and that's what I think like with these breakup songs like there's something very uh I don't know like it starts in your teenage years and it always continues where you're just like those li- those lyrics have just like I don't know why we want like our exes to think about us. It's such a like narcissistic thing because it's like, are you thinking about them? And you're like, oh, not really, but like, but I yeah. want them to think about me or something. Right. And it's like, it is such a weird thing. Like, I'm sure everybody would love to know. Like, I don't know. It's like almost one of those like uh, Twilight Zone episodes where you're like, do you really want to know what everyone thinks? And it's like, <laughs> maybe I kind of want to know what my exes <laughs> think about me in some ways. I love that I get messages from people that I've turned them into mu- uh, to songs or bands. Yeah. And they're like, hey, anytime I hear Ryan Adams, I think of you. Hey. And that and that's the same way for certain songs. Um, but this song, remind, this brings me back to high school, being in the backseat of a car going to buy alcohol for people. Booze. And, uh, and be, I remember when I first heard the song, I'm like, I need to know everything about this band. Yeah. And I went everywhere trying to find this album, which was hard to do back then because it was like a, it was like a rare thing. Where'd you buy this album at? It was a place that uh, you can listen to it before, but it was on uh, Ah, blockbuster warehouse. No, (laughs) I got, I failed the drug test there. That's sensitive. But um, yeah, this fucking, as we tremble and we bleed, man, this fucking song is Paul's feeling it right now. Yeah, man, it's it. one of the best songs of all He's time. Crying. I almost put "Love Betsy," which is a is a B side on that album, oh. but, but it's also a long song, and it's a it's a. I felt like we started with a B side, so yeah. But Marty, do me a favor, get Midnight Radio. I'll figure out a way to get that to you. Okay. And everybody, if you can get that get album, it get it to me. It's a, is it's it on a, Spotify? I don't know. We'll find I out. I mean, I'm, I'm a sure Spotify guy now too. I go. I have both. both. I urge everyone to listen to it from beginning to end, uh, and it's probably one of the greatest albums of all time, in my opinion. Okay. Bold, 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 bold statement. Top five Paul easily. Okay. And I know a lot of people that agree with me. Okay. So All right. Don't get mad. Don't get mad at me. You didn't break up with me. Next song. That song doesn't last, so nothing lasts. Which is the next song? Matthew Sweet. From a guy who once sang about girlfriends. <laughs> now I'm dedicating this to my ex-girlfriend. I like how the song starts with like a crash, too. I don't know if you noticed yeah, that. Yeah, I heard that. But it's that's intentional. It's like from the last song before it. But Matthew Sweet talked about him a lot on the show. But let's play a little of the song. One could stop time and make it up. Two could realize the best of luck. If I could locate God above. So, Matthew Sweet's girlfriend album again, 
one of the top 20 albums in my book of all time. We talked about Matthew Sweet before on yeah. this podcast. He gets a lot of love from you on this podcast. I, I, mean, I like fan. him too. I like him. This album was one of those bangers too. I bought this at that same place. I don't remember the name of the store, but it was like an independent store. You can listen to it and buy it. I remember I was like, I really like that song, Girlfriend, and one of the best buys I've ever had. Yeah, it's a good deal. When you can the go whole listen, album. that was a game changer when you could listen. Yeah. I loved it. Or they had the stations. Now, was this like you could bring it up and they'd open it or play it for you? Or they had those like listening stations. This one, you bring it up to the guy. But Would they you like to know all the Tower business bet- behind all the, like how you got your music to be listened to and stuff like that? I bet it was such like oh, yeah. wheeling well, this, and dealing for like This place, you could and grab Camelot. the CD and give it to them. I but love Tower that. Records... They would that wheel was what Blockbuster deals. didn't Blockbuster, Blockbuster Warehouse. Did too. It was called Blockbuster Warehouse, right? Blockbuster Music. Okay, Blockbuster Music. Um, it was called Sound Warehouse, Sound and then they Warehouse. bought Blockbuster okay. Music. Bought that's them. right. Uh, but I remember they would play anything at those listening yeah. stations. I, I, that's how I learned about Talking Heads. I remember I listened. Yeah. To that. I was like, "This is fucking a great band." But uh, um, yeah, the thing is, is Tower Records would do that. You'd get the records. The companies would make deals with them, and. Uh, it was great because if you if you believed in your album, you yeah. do it. The yeah. farm never did because that fucking album sucks. I mean, <laughs> it's a bold move, yeah. Because a lot of those albums are like, oh no, like you almost like with a with a movie, like you know, a movie's going to be bad when they don't let critics see it yeah. before it comes out. And that's the same thing of like, right. yeah, no, you can't listen to our album. You have to just buy it. Trust us, you're going to love it. You heard that one song. <laughs> well, Radiohead, what they did for uh, OK Computer is. They knew that people wouldn't understand it on a first listen, so they they give it to the critics or all the people mm-hmm. on a on a CD player, uh, the ones you listen to with your headphones, the old school ones. Yeah, and they just sealed it, and they're like, just listen to the album, don't yeah. talk to it's us. It's interesting. I think a lot of those old music books talk about like listening parties and stuff. Like REM has a famous one where they had everyone come to Brazil to listen to. I think it might have been the Monster album, and it was just like how crazy is that they flew him to Brazil for a listening party. And it's like, you just had to sit and like Chuck Closerman talks about being at those where you're just like in a room with a bunch of other people listening to like, was the band there too? The new Dishwalla album. Yeah. Yeah. It was oh, like a whole God, thing. So they stressful. rolled out the red carpet. How would you feel like, how do you, I guess cause they don't, they know that if you're, you feel that intimate with the band and you, you had a good time though. Yeah. Maybe you'll, I influence mean, you. would you, if, if, if I flew you out to Brazil to hear my new album and you wrote a shitty review, I'd be like, are you pretty fucking bad. kidding me? I flew you to Brazil. We got fucked up in Brazil, brother, yeah. and you're going to give me a bad review? That like that's Some of the finest cocaine you've ever bold, had. That's bold, man. That's bold. Yeah. That was a fun thing, too. Where I think it was on that ongoing history of new music, and, they, and the guy goes, and who do you think paid for all those flights? <laughs> REM they came out of their fucking budget not the record labels so it's a that's a bold move you know I bet Michael Stipe was at like cans and he's like yeah we need to make like this a big thing they they the thing with the listening studio the listening places were you'd listen to it Mm -hmm. and and I think as a best move because you want to make your customer happy yeah and and you do that you probably listen to it and you're like hey not, like if extreme is a good example yeah if you only liked more than words yeah the rest of the album was totally different i can't i th- i'm pretty sure it was chuck Klosterman, and he was writing about i think noel gallagher and he said like noel gallagher came in so hungover and he was like i know this album isn't great like oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That remember was, that it was the recent book i read yeah X. and he, he was talks just about like yeah you know what are you gonna do he's like, like that album's not great yeah they made you poor guys listen to it in a room. Chuck Closerman didn't think he was going to show up because like That's sometimes it. they he don't show late. up, and then yeah. he did show and up. He did, and he was like fun, right? Yeah, hungover and fun. Yeah, he's know. like he's the most 
most like normal he's ever yeah. seen. Him. Yeah. Yeah. When you're hungover and when you've just had an orgasm is the most honest you'll ever be. Well, <laughs> we'll take your word for it there, Paul. <sighs> or both. Matthew Sweet. Don't yeah. Yeah. That, I feel like the Venn diagram where we combine our, our mm-hmm. '90s love. This one doesn't make the cut for you. It's on the on the outside, but the I song or Matthew Sweet. Matthew Sweet. Uh, no, he he gets me. Okay, I, I like. I, he's just fine. I think Big Ed Todd is going to be a game changer for you. I can't wait to hear because that I'm, album I'm a is fan. all about like it's called Midnight Radio, and okay. it's all about like his, you know, this journey. All the songs with Matthew like. Sweet. It's just like I know the I know the big songs, the singles, Girlfriend and. What are some of the other ones? You know what I mean. Um, they all sound like girlfriend to me. I've been waiting. Okay, who's sick into of your myself. arms? Into your arms. Oh, oh that's the Lemonheads, lemon right? Heads. Okay, no, I get them and Matthew Sweet confused <laughs> a lot. I'll be honest. Well, there's someone that nobody confused with anyone. That's right, uh, Adam that, Duritz. No, I'm kidding. Well, not yet. That's a that's <laughs> foreshadowing. <laughs> Jeff Buckley, who yes, one now, of my Jeff all-time Buckley, favorites is somebody who I specifically remember. This was like, do you ever remember like embarrassing moments? And you're like, oh my God, like from when you were younger. I was at so many. I was at South Lake Mall with this girl. Who, I think her name was Chrissy or Christy, Chrissy or Christy. And we were at Camelot listening to music. <laughs> and I was music. listening to Jeff Buckley kiss me. And I was like, this guy's fucking awesome. And I was like screaming, but I didn't know because I had the headphones on real loud and I couldn't hear my own voice. And I think I embarrassed her. Well. But hey. I had good taste back then. Listening to Jeff Buckley at a Camelot Music at South Lake Mall at this, age sixteen. This song "Lover," you should have uh, you should have come over. Was going to be on the mix that I did for nineteen ninety four when we did the oh, album. Oh, nice! But I, put, I went with the last goodbye, and this time I get to put the other song, which is uh, this is a good one, which is in my mind a banger. I just love the intro and everything. Fucking organs. The balls on this guy. Another six-minute song, yeah. too, by the way. Paul's whole mix album is a his whole mix CD is probably about three hours long. <laughs> fucking six-minute songs. Yeah, sometimes you'd have to make a cut, but this song would make all breakup mixes. What do you think these girls thought when they heard this at first? What is this? <clears throat> the fuck is this, Paul? The the crescendos in this shit. Hard song to play on guitar too, and sing. I mean, come on. Is this speaking to your musicianship? I mean, it speaks to everything, man. I, I don't have emotions, but this song brings out emotions. Yeah. People that say you're emotional and available, play this song. You'd be like, yeah, how about now? Oh, yeah? Then how do I like this song? How do I get sad? Do, I feel like that was one of your, like, every once in a while, someone will kind of, like, say something, and you're like, oh, that's a thing. So girls <laughs> tell you that you're uh, unemotional, emotionally Emotionally unavailable. unavailable. Yeah, I've heard that. That's one of your, let me, bring, let me bring up your Yelp review. Hold on. Click, click, <laughs> click. Yeah, Paul, emotionally unavailable. Fun guy, unemotional. But claims because he likes a Jeff Buckley song, <laughs> he has emotions? I don't know. And, and we talked about this before on the podcast, but this song would also be the start of my running mix, too. Oh wow! Because of the crescendos, again, but crazy. Yeah, I understand. Crazy, the songs. But yeah, this song. I mean, Jeff Buckley is such. And another thing, it's great to introduce people to an artist that now everyone knows Jeff Buckley. But you mm-hmm. know, ten years ago, uh, people millennials didn't know who he was, and yeah. now I feel like he's getting the recognition he deserves. They just need to make a movie with him. Uh, they're gonna make a Merle Haggard movie before a Jeff Buckley movie. How dare yeah. they? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I, I think uh, this song is just so emotive. Yeah. And so, you know, you like emo rock, and I feel like this is all stuff that... Sure. Maybe not as edgy in I mean, terms of guitar. Some, some power chords behind it. But yeah, yeah there's, no, there's no there's no, uh, power chords or edgy sound or drums going 4-4, four, four, but otherwise, I mean, it's fucking... He's... And that voice. Oof. So Unbelievable. good. So good. Some and if it wasn't for the guy from TV on the radio, they're talking. If you read the, I think it was in the one of the books we read. But um, I like how we read books together. <laughs> we have we have twin beds and a nightstand, and then we read we read two two three chapters a night, and then we, we turn you get to the chapter light. seven. Then we turn the light. And go. <gasps> Paul goes. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. <laughs> but uh, you know, he was just singing in his in his shower. And yeah, people would never have known that he had this voice because he's an amazing guitarist too. Crazy. Um, yeah, man. This is this is a breakup song. This is a breakup song that, like, I don't know. Maybe if she came over, things would have been different. I like it. Yeah, this is good. And there's still hope, you know? It's not too Sure. Late. I like a hopeful, like, you know. Yeah. You never know. A flip of the coin, it might have all turned out different. <laughs> if you were just in, if you just missed that train, things would have been different. I don't know, man. I think uh, I think I've done my part to defend this. Yeah, uh, I don't think there's any. Oh, okay. the next song. You're okay, I'm 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 done bullying you about Counting Crows. <laughs> let's they're, go. They're let's get into it. They're just fine. They're just fine. And but, I told you how a friend of mine says when he dies, he wants Long December played at his funeral, <laughs> and uh, he, we're in a group chat. And he might. He may have COVID right now. And uh, we were all joking around going, I got it ready to play at your funeral. <laughs> Just start playing Oh, it. man. Play the video. Um, yeah, this, I mean, everyone knows this song. There's so many ups and downs and valleys. But we need to get to the, the final yes. song, which uh, before I say that, shout out to Connell's Waiting My Turn, which was going to be on the, the mix, but I changed it and took it off. Connell's, I don't know what that voice thing was. <laughs> <to say. laughs> um, Connell's one of the, most underrated bands, in my opinion. So when I'm running the show, when I do, Paul, is where there's a song like that, I'll cue it up for the end of the show. That's why I'm always like on top of it at the end. I, I see what you're saying here. <laughs> Paul's running the sound today. Okay. I don't want to break this, man. It's I know, such a good I know. Song, but I know, we'll just do hey, it. I know. We got to rip off the bandaid and go into song that uh, it's a it's a happy ending because if something's been shitty, the mix has been sad. I like to end with hope. Counting Crows, Anna Begins. There you go. I remember this song. I had my brother explain this lyrics to me because I didn't understand what it was about. Yeah. Do you know what it's about? Uh, no. Like to stop talking to this girl? No. He's saying, they're saying, what are you doing? Uh, you have this perfect girl. Okay. Quit playing. Quit playing around. Quit playing, playing, playing games. Around. Send her off to a pet. Like, just make this work. Don't fuck this up. Oh, okay. I am not. What is this? I'm not. I'm not overly. It's like, no, I'm okay. fine. We're fine. We're fine. Okay. We're always changing. Yeah. This is, um, yeah, this is like a kind of a what he does. You know what I mean? Like, it, there's certain songs where, you, where this, the lead singer kind of show off, like, what they're all about. And I feel like this is, like, kind of what he kind of does. Yeah, he's like a player. It's like, which. Well, but just. Which friends singer? It's which kind of like casual singer? Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Which uh, actress from Friends am I going to date now? Yeah. And then that line, I could always change my name if that's what you mean. That means yeah, 
get married. Oh. That's what that's the way my brother interpreted to me, and he's a smart a doctor. Dude. He's a neurosurgeon. I mean, this was back in the nineties, but but it's a, it's a cool story, and it's like, hey, you know, and it, and I feel like it's a good. We got to put a Counting Crows song in there for a mixtape from the. Yeah, 90s. I do remember this uh, off that album. I did remember it when I when it popped up. It's where I know a lot of those songs. We have fans that we've talked about before that that chime in and how they how much they love the Counting Crows. I like that Rain King song a lot. Oh, that's like the worst song of really? the album. Oh yeah, I remember this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like it resolves everything. Yeah. So beautiful. You, you are a sucker for a lot of stuff going on in a song. I feel. Am I wrong? Sometimes, there? but I also like simple too. Yeah. It kind of that. This is that combo of that. Like, there's a lot going on. Like with the Jeff Buckley song. There's like a lot going on, but it's not like way over the top, overly produced. Yeah. This song is great because then the at the end they've got the harmonies going on. Mm-hmm. Rain comes down. Those are Jayhawks are the singers on that album. Oh, really? The, the singer, yeah, they're the backup wow. singers. They were all like in the studio. It's a cool song, but Counting Crows can't go wrong with that on a breakup mix. Any of these songs will do the job. If you want to just take this mix. Yeah, we'll allow just it. Say it's yours. We're not gonna. We're not gonna tell anyone. Just add a couple other hits. We want to know what your breakup songs are. <laughs> yeah. See, I like more if I'm doing a breakup mix. But these songs were for myself too. It's like that's self-therapy. true. Because I'm I'm more of a like like Bob Dylan. Don't think twice. It's all right. Or like Seven and Seven by the uh, Turnpike Troubadours. Like I want a little like you you blew it. Even if I broke up with them, I still want I still want them to be like <laughs> you blew it. <laughs> that Marty guy was great. That's just what I like in those breakups. What if you were the asshole though? Still, I'm still playing. You know, the songs that make me the hero. <laughs> That's what it's all about. Make yourself the hero. Lie about the past. No I'm kidding. I feel like um, if we're gonna do this, the breakup mix again, I can I can yeah. bring in the most recent one to show you yeah. the contradiction yeah. and how much it's changed. Cause back then I was the one that was being hurt, but towards yeah. the end it's like, you know, I'm, I'm the bad guy. You know, if the, if the, like, if the, if I was in a relationship with somebody, they were being real wishy washy. I put hot and cold by Katy Perry on there. Uh, you know, no. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely things that are personal. There was a period yeah. of my life where oh. Joe Purdy was a big part of my, uh, Hey, my repertoire and i put him in there other breakup songs that always work i think people um i think you can't go wrong with uh with with ryan adams with yeah. uh the police uh oh you can go wrong there <laughs> uh I, i'm all i was thinking about uh uh bob dylan just like a yeah. uh was it just like a lady or just like a woman just, just like, like a, a woman woman yeah that was one of those back in the day i'd be like god if my stupid ex-girlfriend would just listen <laughs> to the song she'd get back together with me what if they're like younger though so i think it all depends on who you're breaking up with if you're breaking up with someone that's 30 or under well i was the same age we were okay. in high school but now we're talking about if you had to break up with people in the, in the next five years. Well, that's you gotta, yeah, you gotta, you gotta throw in. I don't think she'd want timeless. Music. <laughs> I don't think she'd want a yeah a, a, a mixtape for me if we broke up. <laughs> I don't think that would be what well, she the, would want. The last one I did was on a CD, and that was probably like eight years ago. Okay. I, I put the brand, I put the new pornographers on it because we both. Obviously, some are going to be personal to each each person because we both love the same artist. Sure, but um. You know, the killers are on there. All the things um, I've done. All, there's so many ways you can go. Yeah. Um, so it's got to be personal. But as you're 
breakup makes artist and mm-hmm. insider. One of these songs will always work. If not, you can take these songs, mix them in with your other songs, and uh, and put it on a Spotify playlist and tell your si- former significant other, hey, I'm just waiting here. Listen, I, I, as weird as it sounds, I like your strategy. I give you shit for it. But I think... Um, you know, the reason why we both probably do comedy is because we also probably think about girls we used to date playing our mixtapes going, bah, what a what a what a what a time of the, in my life that was. You mentioned before that you could we all want them to still think about us, right? You want to yes. feel the Twilight Male or female, wherever you're into no matter what. we want those exes to think about us. It's just a weird thing. Music is the ultimate way, right? I mean, obviously if they you guys go past the restaurant Panera. Yeah. That's our Panera. <laughs> No, I don't know. There is a Panera that reminds you of someone, and I, and I was really? in one in Arkansas, and I texted her. I was like, "This, this is our, our Panera, last date. our babe, our Panera. Our last date was yeah. in a Panera." But um, those things are geographical. Yeah. If you move away from Chicago, you're not going to see the Portillos where you guys had the best chocolate cake shake ever sure. and, and whatever. But music, if she moves off to South Dakota to go see Smash Mouth, yeah. Hey, no, she we can don't still say their listen name to anymore. We don't say their name anymore <laughs> on this podcast. Or the traders. band, yeah, but uh, you know, she moves somewhere else. She puts in that mix. There you go, Paul Farber. All you're day. you're like a like a Star Wars Jedi ghost sitting right next to her. I'm not familiar with that movie. She's thinking about. Oh man, he used to just be right here, nah. wheeling and dealing on his phone the whole time about comedy, and that's <laughs> why we broke up. <laughs> well, um. Well, there we go. We've done our part. Volume uh, one in the books. So, uh, um, yeah, paulmartymakes at gmail.com. Let us know your thoughts on what songs you would put on a mixtape if you were breaking up with someone. What we've missed, um, if you agree with If you my were list. in Sturgis, what was it like to see uh, Come on and tell Smash us. Mouth or Fozzie? <laughs> Let me put on. Uh, we're going to go out with Not Waiting My Turn by The Connells because it's too sad. Okay. But I do know another song that I think we should go out with. The Connells, go check them out if you haven't heard of them already. All right.